Welcome. As women in business, we're so busy being busy. We're juggling life and business. And we're in the hustle. And that's when we lose sight of who we really are. This podcast is here to inspire and empower you, to unleash you, the one that's been hiding behind all the roles that you play. Weekly episodes will help you to find fun, energy, and flow in life, and also give you tips and tools so you can have a successful yet simple business. My guests and myself talk all things mindset, spirituality, relationships, and of course, business. Live the life that you've been dreaming of. Now, let's get to the good part. Welcome to another episode of the Sharon Cliff Podcast, and today I'm so excited to have Jen Donovan on the podcast. Now, Jen, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about you and your business so all the listeners can learn more about you. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be on this podcast and have a bit of a chat to you and your audience. Um, So I am actually a marketing digital strategist and please don't turn off now that you've heard that. I really, I love marketing. I basically live, sleep, breathe, you know, just um, unfortunately talk about marketing way too much to the point where my children now watch ads on TV and goes, mom, who do you think the target market is for that ad? And I'm like, just brimming with pride that they've actually learned something from me. I've passed on some wisdom. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I've been doing this for um doing marketing for about 10 years now in my own small business, helping small business owners. My number one goal is they make marketing a priority. Too often, marketing becomes a sometimes activity or when I get time activity. But the reality is, if you want to grow your business, more people need to know about who you are and what you can do for them. And therefore, that's marketing. I do have a a thing where I say marketing is everything. So you are probably doing a lot of marketing and don't really think about it as marketing though. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like my jam. I do have an e-commerce platform as well, which I've kind of is a secondary business that supports rural and regional small businesses. Um, It's called Spend With Us. and, And basically I'm a small rural and regional business as well. So I like to support them wherever I can. I love that. And and it's so true, you know, I, I'm I'm guilty. Put my hand up. I'm so guilty of not focusing on marketing. Like my social media, it's a bit sporadic. I'm trying to really be um, you know, more more structured with it. So I'm actually putting content out there. But you know, it's marketing sometimes just becomes that thing that you've got to do and we don't put enough focus yeah. on it. And as you said, we are we are actually always marketing. We just don't think we are. And I love yeah. that. You know, you've got your next future generation of marketers <laughs> coming through. <laughs> I love that. So, um, Jen, thanks again. Um, you know, for, for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with um, with the listeners. So, let's get into it. I know. Um, I always like to to work in the space where I want to make life simple and I want to make business simple. And I love that your mission is to to make marketing simple. So, you know, marketing. I think it's just got that stigma to it because, you know, it's it's so complex and it's so fast changing. You know, there's there's a different app coming up and a different platform every day. And what you do on Instagram today, you, you can't do on Instagram tomorrow. And I, I just really want to delve into it without going to, into complexity because we want to keep this simple. How can we actually make marketing simple? Yeah, look, I'd like to say it's a really easy question to ask, to answer, but I guess making marketing simple 
probably does take a little bit of work to learn what your audience really likes to hear from you, how they like to hear from you and what content you really enjoy making as well. Like we, if you're on Instagram, we all know there's been some people that have made incredible businesses out of Instagram reels. They were the first adopters. They got in there, they sang, they danced, they did all the right things. Now they run businesses that basically teach other people how to use Instagram reels. But if you're anything like me, you're like, well, I can't sing, I can't dance. And if I do it, I'll be the laughing stock. It's just not who I am. So we don't do it. So I think that's probably the first rule of making marketing simple. If you don't, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't align with your brand, then don't do it. There is a caveat to that though, that you can't just not do it because you don't want to do it. Like if it is the place that your audience is turning up and is hanging out, then you do need to step outside your own comfort zone. Because as much as we like to think our businesses are about us, they're actually not about us at all. They're about our customers. We're here to serve them, whether that it be through products or through service, the services that we sell. But really it's all about being customer centric. Um, I think the platforms are a little bit, they, you know, if you listen to people these days, they're like, you know, you've got to be on Instagram, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, or you've got to be on Facebook. But we can't say that anymore because there's so much to a platform. And like you were saying, there's new platforms all the time, but there's new things to do on the platform. So um, Instagram's a great example. And even if you're not on Instagram, you can kind of adapt this to other um, platforms that you might be on. But it's like, do you do stories? Do you, you know, place pictures in the feed? Do you do reels? Do you do lives? Do you upload videos that aren't live? Do you do short videos, long videos, all those sorts of things? So it's no longer like saying my customers on Instagram. You've got to say my customers on Instagram who really likes watching stories because they're too busy to, you know, scroll endlessly through the feed, except for on Friday nights when they've got their glass of wine and they're sitting on the couch and then they like to scroll and scroll and scroll. And so then your strategy is Friday, you post in the feed, every other day you post in the story. So I think making marketing simple is simple when you kind of can understand as much as you can about your audience. Um, and the person's going to be your buyer. You don't want to attract everyone. You know, I'd rather have a thousand people follow me or a hundred people follow me than 10,000 because I'm me. I can't service 10,000 people. I, you know, I love those Instagram DMs that you get or, you know, on LinkedIn that say, you know, what would your business look like if you had 200 quality leads every month? And I'm like, ah, uh, that would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> thank you so much. But no, thank you. Yeah, I'd be in the corner drinking a bottle of wine on the table. <laughs> Yeah, I might get on the hard stuff. Wine mightn't be good enough for that one. Um, yeah, yeah. So I suppose it comes down and like if you've ever listened to a business coach or a marketing coach, you know, we all talk about knowing your ideal client. Sometimes we brush over it and think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, if you want to make marketing simple, knowing them um, is definitely the way to go. You could flip that coin completely and say one of the simplest way to get your marketing done is live video. Anybody who comes to me and says, I don't have time for marketing, I'm like, pick your phone up, talk to your phone for 30 seconds, 
you know, press live, talk to your phone for 30 seconds and press send. Your marketing's done for the day, you know, yeah. in literally 30 seconds once you get good at doing lives um, or even half good at doing lives. We don't have to be really all that good at doing them. So that's another way of looking at doing marketing simple is, you know, what's going to take you the shortest amount of time and normally it's live video. Yeah, I love those tips. And I think the key that you mentioned there is do what feels comfortable for you. So, you know, if if you don't want to dance on video, then, you know, do a quick live or just do a quick video on your phone and, and post that as your post. And I'm, you know, I'm one of those consumers too. Through the week, I'm pretty much just watching stories and yeah. I don't really watch much in the feed. Maybe later on at night or on yeah. the weekends, I'll do that. So, and that's the thing too, knowing, because, we, you know, we talk about our, our, our avatars and ideal clients and that sort of stuff, but you just put in really simple terms then. You, you know that if your clients are too busy through the week, and they're only watching stories, then make that your marketing. And then if you know on a you know Friday or over the weekend, they're going to be, you know, what, what they'll be more into the, to your feed, then create that content for them. So I think you really did just make that really simple. So thank you. Um, we, we also just touched on then about platforms. You know, we've got Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. Um, there's Clapper that I just saw. Um, you know, there's so many different platforms. And obviously there's, there's two points to this. There's the first thing is where are your audience? And the yeah. second one is, where do you feel comfortable showing up? Um, you know, we can't all be experts in every platform. And to be honest, that's not going to work anyway. Um, and, we, and we don't have the time because we would be so busy showing up on all those platforms. A, we'd be serving our customers and B, we'd have no life and we'd, you know, we'd, we'd burn out. So when it comes to Which choosing- isn't why we got into business in the first place. We didn't get into business by ourselves to burn ourselves out. Yeah, absolutely. So- and, I mean, we generally say, you know, the rule of thumb is, you know, pick two platforms, you know, sort of nail them and maybe, you know, bring in a third. But I definitely think, you know, and and I do, you know, post the same stuff across multiple platforms. I do tweak it slightly. But for someone who is either new to business or runs a small business or is, you know, overwhelmed by platforms and not quite sure, should they just do that rule of thumb, just picking two platforms and going for it? How, how should they pick the platforms? I think for someone who's new in business, it's a little bit tougher because I talk a lot about looking at your data and making really data-driven decisions. Um like, for instance, you know, I had a, a client um, last year who's an e-com client who had a really solid um, Instagram strategy. But when we actually looked at her analytics, most of her leads to her website were coming from Facebook, but she didn't have a Facebook strategy. So we flipped it and made it a Facebook strategy and her business grew because that's where the leads were actually coming from. That's where the sales were coming from. So it's a little bit harder when you don't have that data. It's a little bit more guesswork. But I think, again, it comes back to it's no longer what platform it's what to do on what platform that is the question we need to be asking now um and again, unfortunately, that comes down to testing and measuring or getting to know your clients as such and doing best guess until you've got some data. But I would say your strategy as such should be probably for one platform and then spread across your other platforms until you get really good at it. So if you're going to like go, if you've got your um, marketing strategy for, you know, quality leads and people that you know will buy from you one day, um, sooner rather than later would be great, uh, you know, do that on one platform. And then, yes, yeah, so if you, that's kind of like a an, an Instagram story strategy, then, you know, that could go over to Instagram, um, sorry, Facebook stories for sure. Um, or you could repurpose that content onto TikTok 
for sure. But you're actually making the content for Instagram stories because that's where you know you're most likely to get people to buy from you or the leads that you need to make people one day come and spend money from you. So I think it's kind of breaking it down even a little bit more micro than what platform these days. It, it might take some experimenting for sure. Um, and also listening to some experts. And like when I say experts, you know, like I would call myself an expert, but you can go like next level up and, you know, follow the makers of these platforms. Like, you know, I'm in Mark Zuckerberg's um, Instagram uh, channel, channel chat. I forget what they're called now, but they're just new. Um, and, you know, it's kind of coming out with all the things that are new. I follow um, Mari Smith, who I swear to God has a direct line to Facebook. She seems to know everything that's happening before anyone else does. Um, so, you know, you learn from those people and you learn, you know, what's actually happening out there and you learn new things that are coming and whether or not you want to embrace those new things. But I think having a strategy is your first thing and then having a strategy maybe just for one thing on one platform or for one platform and then sharing it across to maybe two platforms, possibly three platforms, um, as long as the audience is the same. Uh, so I would say Instagram and TikTok have a different audience. I would say that Instagram and LinkedIn have a different audience. I'd say that Facebook has most people's audiences, whether or not they look there, I'm not sure, but they definitely have accounts as such. And you know, Facebook again, like um, Facebook business pages might be fairly dead in the water. I kind of use mine as a bit of a resume. So if anyone's looking for me on my business, they can see that I'm active. They can see all the things that I'm doing. I don't get a lot of traction from my business page, but I've got a group and I get quite a lot of interaction from my group. The group is where my people hang out. Um, you know, I belong to other groups and I post in their groups on the days that you're allowed to. I've got a, a spreadsheet just up there that sort of has the group names and then all the different days that they have, like, you know, hashtag share favorite post on Monday, hashtag promo Tuesday type of thing. And they're the days that I can go in and know that I can post into other people's groups where I know my audience is hanging out. So spending a lot of time on my Facebook feed is to me, isn't working for my business, but there's other things on Facebook that I can do that are, are actually bringing leads into my business. Um, yeah. So I hope that kind of answered the question in a roundabout way. Um, yes. But I think getting your strategy and then concentrating on that strategy just for one platform and then sharing that same content across other platforms is how I would start for sure until you've got some good data to start making decisions about. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you said, you know, if we, if we decide that Instagram is our platform and we don't think so much Facebook, the strategy that you just mentioned about, you know, maybe not posting on your business page in Facebook, but going into Facebook groups and adding value into groups where you can you can see that that's your ideal audience and you can add value or, you know, answer questions or if there's certain days where you can promo, that could be your second platform. It may not necessarily yes. be posting and doing everything in, in Facebook, um, you know, or if you don't want to have a group, then collaborate with other business owners and go live in their group or add value in other groups like you just mentioned. So that, that's another, um, you know, byproduct of, of the platforms is that there's other ways that you can utilise them without posting to them as well. So I thought that was great. The one quick, quick thing I just want to touch on, you just mentioned about, you know, data and metrics and, 
you know, you can get lost in the hole of, you know, Facebook and Instagram about what to look at. So if we just wanted to look at one metric, so, you know, we spoke about followers where it doesn't matter whether you have 100 followers or 100,000, if they're not going to buy from you and they're not your ideal customer and they're just that, you know, vanity metrics, then it doesn't matter. We really, you know, there's a lot of women out there that are, that are killing it in the online space and they're making millions and they've only got a small audience. They might only have, you know, a thousand people on, on Instagram and, you know, 500 in that email list, but they're making millions of dollars. And so I don't think, you know, followers isn't the, the metric to be watching. Is it more around, you know, views for videos and engagement and comments? Is that the metric that we should be concentrating on? Look, I think for me, it's where the leads are coming from. So if you go like Instagram, let's take those metrics, um, the, the insights there, for example, you know, if you go in there and have a look on your post and you find that, uh, say you had 100 people view that post and 95% of them are coming from, you know, Oh, 95, that's a bit high. Let me rephrase that. Let's say 70% of them are coming from the hashtags that you're using. It's just like, okay, all right. So what does that tell me about my business? I need to uh, have a look who else is posting in those hashtags and what sort of traction they're getting. Are they getting comments? Are they getting likes? Um, you know, could I collaborate with these people? Uh, you know, can I share their content? Go and start, you know, have that reach out strategy. Uh, or you, if you're finding that two leads are coming from your hashtags, clearly you need to do a new hashtag strategy. Hashtags aren't working for you. Or if you find that 90% of people that have viewed that content actually follow you, it's like, wow, I've got a really strong following and I need to embrace those followers. So that could be as simple as, you know, going back and following them and commenting on their things and building that community spirit with them. So I would be sort of looking at metrics of, you know, where where are the people coming from for a start? And then the metric that I would be concentrating on would be who actually are they? Like, again, you know, we all think we know who our ideal client is, but do we? Like within the insights, you can find out, you know, whether they're male or female. Unfortunately, I think they're the only two thing metrics that we get as far as sex goes, um, what age groups they are, what days are best to post, what time of the day is best to post. Like those things can really make your marketing simpler. Um, from looking at my data, I found that, if I posted at um, three o'clock in the afternoon, I got a really big peak in my analytics. And the reason why that was is because what are mums doing at three o'clock in the afternoon? They're in lineup waiting an extra 10 minutes for their kids to finish school and they wanted to get the good spot. So they had to come early. They're scrolling on their phones. They're interacting with social media. I wouldn't have thought to do that except when I looked at my analytics, I was like, wow, okay you know, I need to test this and see if this is going to work for me because I can see these people are online, you know, otherwise I would have normally posted like, you know, after eight o'clock at night with everybody else. So yeah, they're the types of things data can help you discover. Yeah. And I think that sort of answers my next question, you know, like how often or when, and I think that's the thing, you know, it's not just, okay, yes, we can look at the analytics and say, you know, a lot of people are online on a Monday at eight o'clock at night or, you know, six o'clock on a Wednesday because they're sitting there waiting for their kids to do training at sport. Yeah. And, you know, school drop off and things like that. But it's it's getting into the mind, like you just said. My ideal client is a mum who would right now be sitting there waiting for kids to come out or sitting there waiting for kids to watch sport. It's about getting into the head 
and actually stepping into that person going, what would that person be doing right now? What do they need from me? And I think that that was key in the message that you just shared then. So talking about marketing and the different platforms, we hear a lot around organic marketing versus paid marketing. And if we really want to step up from, you know, being that sort of invincible, I'm sorry, invisible, because it is, you know, social media is a very crowded market, very crowded space. Incredibly. And, and, you know, if we really want to be, go from that, you know, invisible to invincible, and I want to ask this in two parts. So A, organically, what are the two things that we can do? And then Oh, then I want to just quickly touch on the, the paid marketing. So for organic marketing, the two biggest things or the two main things that we can do to get enough traction to take us from, you know, and I can't, it's not going to happen, in, you know, overnight. It's something that it's it's a long game and the more the more we post, the more value we add and the more we show up and, and the more consistent we get, obviously, the more traction we're going to get because, you know, how will the algorithms and everything work and the more, times people see us, the more likely they're then to buy from us because it takes, what is it, eight to ten touch points now for someone to buy from us. How do we go from... Probably about 27 these days. I don't know. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, so what's what's, what's your tip for doing that organically? Yeah, look, I suppose... um... The three things that just came to my mind, I know you only said two, but I'm an overachiever. So the three things that came to my mind straight away is, do does your audience know the person behind the brand? Like, are you actually showing up for your audience? Do they know your face? Do they know the sound of your voice? Do they know who you actually are and what you stand for? I think if you are certainly trying to sell to the generation below me. So um, millennials and Gen Zs and, you know, whatever the generations are called after that. Uh, If you're trying to sell to them, they are the type of people that are willing to pay more if you align with their values. And I think we are something similar um, in our generation as well. Uh, So I think if you're not showing up for your audience, then how do they know if you're the person they want to buy from. So I think one of the quickest ways that you can build community, uh, because again, we don't want just one-off purchases. We want people who will come back again and again and people who will refer business to us. So that community building element is massive. So if you're not showing up for your audience, that is the number one thing you could do starting today is to start showing your face, showing your voice and, you know, getting out there and, you know, sharing a little bit about yourself as well as your business. Um, The second thing that can really help you stand out is having a strong branding. Um, When I think of people who have really good, strong branding, I know their posts as soon as I see it on social media. I don't even have to know that it's their face or that, you know, I, I know if it's a quote, I know it's their quote because I can tell by their actual, you know, I guess their physical branding as in their colors and things like that. Like I know there's so much more to branding than just choosing a strong color, but if you have a strong branding where people are scrolling, they're going to notice your post because they know that that's you without even looking at it. And they're more likely to stop and read that. Uh, And the other thing you can do organically is networking. I'm really um, of the opinion that your net worth is totally related to your network. So if you're not getting out there and networking with other people who, you know, who aren't necessarily your competitors, but have your ideal client, then that's one of the best things you can do, whether that's networking online, um, whether that means going to physical networking events where you live or, 
you know, not where you live, flying to Sydney to go to one or whether that's sort of getting involved in some online communities or, you know, reaching out, you know, we both have podcasts, you know, I, we, you know, I have spots for guest bloggers, um, you know, doing a Facebook live together. If you've never done a Facebook live and that makes you physically sick thinking about it, get someone else on there as well, because then at least you can got someone to talk to and ask questions and have a bit of a natter with like there. Um, yeah. So networking, I think, is probably one of the most undervalued organic strategies that exists. So they're the three things that I would say organically that could help move the needle in your business pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And so for paid marketing, so whether we talk about Facebook ads or Instagram ads, because that's pretty pretty much the common theme. So if you're a beginner, and you're looking at delving into that space, should you be making sure that you've got the engagement and and the results from organic marketing before you dip your toe into, into paid marketing? Or should you just jump into paid marketing so that it can help your organic reach? Because I, I see a lot of conflicting conversations there where they should say, you know, get the organic following first, get the money through the door, and then you use that to build on paid marketing. But then other other gurus out there saying, no, you need the Facebook, you need the paid ads to, you know, to, to build things quicker and, and to get money coming in. So it's like, okay, so if we're someone who is a small business or a startup business and we want to keep things simple, what should we do around paid marketing? Don't you just love gurus? We've all just got different opinions on different things just to confuse everybody. We're just friends. We should have a conference and all agree on the same thing, shouldn't we? But anyway, um, look, I think my answer is probably split into if you are an e-commerce platform, for instance, like if you ha- you sell things online that are tangible products, so candles, clothes, that sort of thing, and you aren't doing Google shopping ads, you are behind the eight ball. Like, I would definitely say if you are in e-commerce, Google shopping ads should be a place that you should be playing well and above any Facebook or Instagram ad or anything like that. Um, As far as, you know, if you're more of a service-based business, I think it, I, I don't really have an opinion on whether or not you've already built a brand and got an audience. I think it is whether or not you have a strong call to action and your writing is strong enough to get people to click on that ad and to buy whatever it is that you have to sell. I think, um, yeah, I guess it depends on whether your product's worth $10,000 or a thousand. Like if it's $10,000, obviously they're going to want to know a little bit more about you. And if they go to your Instagram and there's one post or you don't have a Facebook or a LinkedIn yet or something like that, that might make them go, hmm, is this person for real? Yeah. Um, but if you're trying to sell a, you know, a thousand dollar product or a hundred dollar product or something like that, I think that, um, yeah, with a strong, if you know what your return on your investment is to invest in that ad, um, I think it can work quite successfully. Um, and again, if you've got e-commerce, I think, you know, retargeting ads and things like that are just essential as far as, um, yeah, social media goes. So that I, again, e-commerce, I think you need to invest a lot more in paid marketing than perhaps what you do at a service-based, um, unless you're having a launch or you've got a really strong product that you know will work quite well. Great information there. And I think with Facebook ads, you know, just sort of keep it simple, start with something and, and test it and then and then see how yeah. it goes rather than, you know, trying to get 20 different ads set up to target all different markets and different products, just, you know, 
start slowly and, and see how you go with it. But, you know, as you said, you, you yeah. do need to make sure you've got an organic presence before that because if you're spending money on ads and they're going to your website or to your other socials and see that um, you've done one or two posts, then they're going to go, hmm, yeah. legit. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, Jen, thank you so much for adding so much value and sharing tips and just really insights around keeping marketing simple because we complicate so many things in our business and our life and to try and make things simple is, I think, on the top of everyone's um, mind. <laughs> we'll share links to your socials and your website so that, um, you know, if, if someone, if one of the listeners wants to get in touch with you to to find out, you know, how they can get your support in some of the things that we spoke about today, whether it be what, what to post, when to post, how often, um, paid versus organic social media, et cetera, they can, they can reach out to you and get some assistance so I guess, and I know what your answer is going to be, but the number one tip for them to start now to make marketing simple, I know you're just going to say just start, just get out there, make a post, do a Facebook Live. Is that going to be your number one tip for someone just to actually start, get a post out there? Yeah, I know. It's really boring, isn't it? But I would, uh, if you aren't showing up for your audience, then I would totally nudge you, push you, challenge you today to pick up your phone and tell your audience three things that they didn't know about you and just see what it is. So it can be a still photo, it could be a live video, it could be a pre-recorded video, um, but just get on there, say hi, um, you know, this is who I am, I don't show up very much, I should show up more often, but here's three things that I bet you didn't know about me and just see where the conversation leads. I guarantee you it will be the most common commented on and probably have the best reach of any post that you've done in the last probably four or five months. Yeah, even the, even the behind the scenes, you know how how you put together a product or um, you know how you package yeah, something, people love that stuff. how you put together your podcast episode, just any any kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, that's always that's always fun. So, Jen, yeah. thank thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And um, you know, if, if you need some help to make marketing simple, definitely reach out to Jen. Yeah, thank you, Sharon. This has been such a great chat. Thanks for having me. Before you press stop, thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, do the three S's. Subscribe so you never miss an episode each Thursday. Shout out to your community so they can be inspired and empowered. And share. Share with me your aha moments and your takeaways. By doing this, it helps this podcast to inspire and impact more women globally so they can have a fulfilling life and business. I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram, The Sharon Cliff. And if you want to know more about me or how you can work with me, head to my website, sharoncliff.com.au. See you next time.